Okay, so now we move on to the the second point of the discussion, the comparison between Buddhism and Christianity. We just went over the, the contrast, the ways they're different. Now I want to go over the ways that, that I think, my belief, that they're similar. Uh, and again, I don't want to try and whitewash anything to say, well, all, all religions basically the same at the core. Uh, obviously there are some big, huge differences as we just discussed, but I think it's important also to look at the similarities uh, because that's where we can find harmony in, in dealing you know, between groups, between peoples, between faiths and religions, and I think it's very, very important. So uh, to pick up on that theme I mentioned earlier that I thought the differences were mostly in the beliefs um, and the similarities are, you know, again, very, very broadly speaking, are mostly in the in their teachings about actions that we are to take as people in our lives. Um, as I see it, when you look at the life of Buddha and the life of Christ, they are strikingly similar. Uh, if you look at the teachings of the Buddha and the Christ, and if you can get past the language of their location and their time, what they're saying is in many ways very very similar so I would say that the teachings by Buddha and Christ are very similar in many ways the stuff about them written later by others is where it really diverges seriously and again I realize that's a gross oversimplification but I think there's some merit to it so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it um, what also makes it a little bit difficult to compare is that both of them, you know, you don't get one set of clear teachings at one point of time by one author, boom, here it is. Uh, of course not, that would be too easy. Christianity had a long history of coming from Judaism with the Old Testament. Uh, the New Testament was, you know, by the definition of the words, New Testament was a, a change to what had come before. Um, and the same thing applied in, in Buddhism. He was taking a lot of historical beliefs, um, making some radical, radical changes to it, and then over the ensuing two and a half thousand years, it was refined and developed and fragmented and split. And you know, and plus, um, Christianity was a written tradition from very early on. Uh, Buddhism was an oral tradition for 400 years before they started writing anything down. So that made it <laughs> very challenging to figure out who said what exactly and, and when and all that. Um, but to go back to looking at there are some of the similarities, you know, if I look at, like I said, the teachings of Jesus and Buddha were very, very similar. And let's start at the very, very top where, you know, when asked, Jesus, someone asked Jesus, what is the most important of the commandments? and I don't remember it exactly, but it was basically two parts. One is, love the Lord your God, you know, with all your heart, something like that, I don't know. The relationship to God. And the other one was the relationship to other people. Love your brother as yourself. That was the absolute, top level, most important commandment, um, according to Christ. And when you look at what... Um, Excuse me, oh, a little on here. We can look at the equivalent in, in Buddhism. Uh, the very first thing that that as an initiate you accept, you take refuge, like I mentioned earlier, and then you take what are called the three pure precepts. You vow to do these three things, and it is 
to not create evil, to practice good, and then to actualize good for others. So you have to do, you know, <laughs> the, the, you have to do these in order. Do not create evil. Well, you've got to stop screwing up. Just, you know, slow down, watch what you're doing so you don't cause problems, you know, don't do bad things. And then you can actually start trying to do some good. And not just for yourself, but for others. So I think if you take these three together, uh, the last one being actualize good for others, you can see how that's basically loving your brother as yourself. So the very top level, the very basic precept vows that Buddhists take and the first teaching of Jesus, I think are very, very similar. Okay. Now we go on. Oh, and by the way, this is another place that that website was wrong. I think, you know, a couple of the people said, oh, you know, the, the Christianity has the Ten Commandments, but, you know, Buddhism, you don't really have any rules. Well, they completely blew that one. Um, and we're talking about these. There are 16 bodhisattva precepts that, that you take. The first are the three refuges. The next were the th three pure precepts. So that's six. And then you have the ten grave precepts. And when you start reading down that list, you know, at least half of them look strikingly similar to the ten commandments. The basics, don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, you know, and so forth. Um, but of course, there are some differences. Um, but yeah, I think there are significant differences. But at the core, it's it's the same kind of thing. Um, let me just look at my notes here to make sure I get this right. So um, they are worded differently. Since since Zen and Christianity have very different approaches. Of course, the way they they work um, are a little bit different. In the Old Testament, I mean, the whole point, the testament, testament, the the covenant, kind of the contract. If, if I remember from my religion classes, you know, it was basically a covenant, an agreement between God and His people, and a lot of that language is very uh, legal, so to speak, very contractual, very covenantal. Um, and it says, thou shalt, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'll give an example in a minute. Whereas the Buddhist ones are much broader. Um, so instead of thou shalt not kill, it starts with a positive and a negative in, in Buddhism. It says, affirm life, do not kill. That's one precept. So that's a huge spectrum. It's one thing to not kill. But then it's another thing to affirm life, you know. Um, uh, oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> to to take one of my pet peeves in the current world, then um, I, I pick this up just because it's a, a a huge political debate right now. Look at the abortion slash pro life, depending on which side of or pro choice, which side of it you're on pro-life, pro-choice. Um, it's hard to even get the politically correct wording right. Um, do not kill would mean, you know, you do not uh, perform abortions. Okay. So, from the Christian perspective, you're done, you know. And, and I think this is one of the problems with the conservative right right now is that 
they don't want to allow abortions, but then they don't want to fund education, they don't want to fund social benefits, so this, this child's going to be doomed to live in poverty and misery for the rest of their lives. Well, in the, in the Buddhist precepts, the other half of that is do not kill a firm life. Well, what would it mean to affirm that life? It would mean you give them educational opportunities, you give them medical coverage and health care, you give them you know, the same chances as everybody else has. Uh, another good one is uh, probably a really, really good example of the covenantal versus the situational um, ethics. Buddhist ethics are always situational. It always depends on the situation. You have to look very carefully at the details, at the people, at the situation, at the time, and figure out what's best. So a good one is um, do not commit adultery. Well, that's got a very clear kind of legal definition. You know, if you have sex with someone who's not your wife, then that's adultery, or not your spouse, that's adultery. But if you have sex with your spouse, that's not adultery. So it seems pretty clear cut. Um, in Buddhism, it is honor the body, do not misuse sexuality. That's much broader, requires much more thought. You can, within a marriage, you know, that's not um, adultery, you can misuse sexuality. You know, an overbearing man could try and demand his husbandly rights or whatever, you know, from his wife when she's, you know, had a long day, doesn't feel like it, whatever. You know, that's not nice. That's 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 not compassionate. But it, it wouldn't be adulterous to do that. So, you know, the same person could obey the Christian commandment but break the, uh, the Buddhist vow. Um, and uh, let's see, does it does it work the other way around? Yes, you could you could keep the Buddhist vow and break the commandment. So, for example, the Buddhist vow doesn't say anything about marriage. It just says honor the body and don't misuse sexuality. So, in that logic, you could say, well, if you're not married, but you're in a loving, committed relationship, it's a stable relationship, both persons consenting, and you want to have sex together nobody's upset about it well that would meet the Buddhist precept but in a strict Christian interpretation um, that would be adultery because of sex outside of marriage so I don't know exactly why I went off on that tangent because I guess it's not doing a good job of what I was trying to do was point out the areas of similarity so let's go let, let me go up a few levels from the legalistic differences to the the whole point is both of them are saying don't kill, don't steal, don't um, you know cause sexual problems, and so on. Now, obviously, they diverge because some of the Ten Commandments deal—I think it's four of them—deal with the relationship with God. Do not create graven images and, and so on, things like that. And there's a similarity in the Buddhist precepts in that um, you know the first five precepts deal with kind of the controlling your own behavior don't kill don't steal don't lie etc and then the rest they don't deal with God because there's not a God in Buddhism but they deal with they talk about dealing with others on a higher level see the perfection do not speak of others errors and faults realize self and others one do not elevate the self and blame others and so on by the way if you want to look it up go to Wikipedia and put in the Bodhisattva precepts B-O-D-H-I-S-A-T-T-V-A -T -T -A, Bodhisattva Precepts and it'll list the 16 precepts 
and the wordings change depending a little bit on the translations but you'll get the basics so I think that's a huge area of, of similarity by the way one of these days you know I'd love to sit down and create kind of a graph a comparison matrix to compare line by line where they match where they don't um, and I think there's a fair fair amount of match up there so I think this is an area where they they compare to each other um, so uh, you know I just keep coming back to the Buddha and Christ if you ask yourself you know it's kind of a common phrase these days for people to ask themselves what would Jesus do and if you ask yourself what would Buddha do in the same situation I think their reaction the the the, the response in terms of the action they would take not the words they would use to explain it necessarily but what they would do would be remarkably similar in most cases and I think when you look at the people who are trying to actualize the religion in their life the monastics you know you look at a Jesuit monk and a Zen monk and their daily life you know aside from the robes looking different and what they chant being different their daily life is remarkably similar and I think their outlook is remarkably similar and the ones who end up arguing about dogmatic differences are the, the formal hierarchies the priests and the abbots and the bishops and you know all that kind of stuff they're the ones who get into all the arguments about how many angels you can fit on the head of a pen and stuff like that but the people who are trying to live transform their lives the way Jesus taught the way Buddha taught don't have so many differences they see the similarities in my mind um, Zen masters revere Christ as a bodhisattva and I have a very clear example of that the mountains of rivers order bought a, a Christian retreat center in Mount Tremperey New York and turned that into a, uh, a Zen monastery and on one of the walls there's an image of Christ and, and the abbot there John Dido Lurie every time he crossed in front of it walked past in front of it would turn stop bow in respect to the image of Christ um, and, and you know give him full due respect as he would any uh, image of the Buddha or, or Bodhisattva um, so I guess to me that's the question of what do you choose to focus on do you choose to focus on some dogmatic differences that that you know you know whether you believe in an afterlife or not well we can argue about that all day while we're still alive it doesn't really matter so much especially since the way we take care of addressing how we're going to be treated in that afterlife is how we deal with each other with ourselves and with other people today right here right now and you know when you get down to those rules it's basically the same so um, I think I've run out of things to talk about um, that wouldn't stop me of course I could go on and on and on but that's the way I see it that's the way I compare Buddhism and Christianity there are some obvious differences but I think there are still there's still lots of area for us to find commonality um, to to work together to realize our common aims and goals and to work together harmoniously in our in our culture and in our world so um, I hope 
you and anybody else who hears this agrees. And all I can say now is, may we all find peace.